This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 446, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. What are you in a hurry? Hey everybody, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 446. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Josh Flanagan. Uh, hey. And special guest, Ellie Coluccio, because Connor's off at San Diego. Hey, Ellie. I read Batman. I'm a little bit tipsy. I think I'm okay to be Connor this episode. That's okay, good. That's all, that you basically distilled his essence. I just have some H2O, so. A little bit tipsy. (laughs) We are iFanboy, and we like comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks the best book that they read this week. We call that the pick of the week, and we talk about it on this year's podcast, along with other books, Terrible Things That Happened, and Pigeonholing Connor. Before we get to the show, quick reminder slash warning, this is a review show, and we'll be talking about all the things that happen in this week's books. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show, come back when you're ready to join us. This week, Jet Set Josh had the pick. Yeah, and I think that I owe my good friend Paul Montgomery a thank you because if he had not said, hey, dipshit, make sure to read Ragnarok number one from IDW Comics, um, which, which, let's just be honest, it's just Walter Simonson doing brand new Norse God stories. Yeah, with, with <laughs> Connor not being around, I had to be the mom this week. So Yeah, so I need these. these I was like, I make sure you read this, you're going to like it. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> wrong because the pick of the week is Ragnarok number one from Walter Simonson. Rock on. And IDW Publishing. Um, this marks the first time we've had an IDW book as pick of the week in, oh, quite some time. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I can't um, think of what the last one would have been. Now, I don't know anything about this other than I know I had heard of it. I think that I talked to him about this like a really long time ago. It was announced last San Diego. Yeah, and and I I thought, that sounds cool. And as I went through it, I mean, basically, I mean, this is if you really liked his run on Thor, well, good news. This is like his run on Thor, exactly. Although Thor is not the main character, there is like a Thor uh, there's there's a reference to that. Um, we spend time with not dark elves, but black elves. This skirts <laughs> the edge of, of of fair use. Well, it's and, really interesting and, because like you know Thor is you know is a prominent yes. Marvel character, but also is part of mythologies uh, in the public domain. Yeah, and yes. and so, <laughs> but but then if you have a, a celebrated storied run on a character like that, how do you you navigate that without? touching on things that you've already done and like what stuff counts as like Marvel's, you know, yeah, Thor properties I, and how do you, you know, how do you I suss found that myself, out? I found myself wondering questions like they said that, you know, they, but I think a lot of what it comes from is just, is the, I was going to say text, but that's not, it is, you know, like what the actual Norse uh, uh, myths are. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of fair game. The, like the Sherlock Adas, Holmes comics. Yeah. yeah um, and so, and they didn't say dark elves, which I think is smart because they mm-hmm. don't want to get sued because of movies. Um, but and, and Thor has a skull head now, and we don't yeah. really call him Thor. 
No. Well, they, they name him in the beginning. Um, anyway, uh, here's a little background on this. Uh, what you may not know is that Walter Simonson uh, wrote and drew a very acclaimed run of Thor in the in the mid to late 80s. Um, it's it's up until recently. It's probably the best run of Thor post Kirby up through Jason Aaron's run. I would yeah. say I'd, I can't I'd say all time and those other things come close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's fairly – what I love about uh, Walter Simonson, and we'll talk about the story in a second, but, you know, like just him – I love that he's got this resurgence. He's got this, like, like all of a sudden, like we've seen him do a lot of original work over the past handful of years, three, four years, uh, and people, people like, like appreciate him. And, and what's, even, what's even better than that was that the, like the dude hasn't lost uh, – not, not an inch. He hasn't lost a step. He's like – this stuff looks every bit as good as anything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. He's a master storyteller of of sort of classic comic book uh, action, um, and he's doing this kind of fantasy stuff. And it doesn't feel like oh, it's just this guy going back to the well again. It's it's you know, put him up there and, and watch what he does. Um, and 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 to me, uh, Simonson, who was a teacher for a, a long time, I mean, he was you know like teaching people how to how to draw comics and do cartooning. Uh, you know, he's he's this link between. Uh, classic comics of the 60s and modern comics of today. Like, he's the guy standing right in the middle. Like, there's Kirby is all over this. But also, it looks pretty much completely contemporary as far as I'm concerned. Um, What was really cool is that on this, he was joined um, by Laura Martin doing colors. And sometimes Laura Martin, for my taste, overdoes things a little bit because of the period that she sort of came out of. But she was very tastefully restrained on this. There wasn't way too much sort of shading and and stuff it was a little bit a little bit flat and then on letters i i guess i was 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 john workman who did the uh, letters for the classic thor run um and they're awesome they they are they are that's del- why they looked so familiar <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. all here yep it was de- it was delightfully anachronistic like the like the word balloons were not perfect like i was like I, yeah yeah there's like a tail going into the back of her head po- at one point it's I was like possible <laughs> It's possible that these were hand lettered, and I don't want to get too excited that that could be a thing. But man, would that be the best? But somewhere cool. there are these pages, and they're actually hand lettered. I, it just makes me happy. I, yeah, and I, w- <laughs> I will say that I was, I was, uh, I was relieved that when the prologue ended, so too did yes. the rune style lettering because that's cool. But yeah. like after a while, it was like, what? Because it's so I had exactly the same thought. There are a couple and, caption boxes. I still don't know what they say. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big nerd, and 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 I, you know, I was like, oh, John Workman's lettering it. You know, but then I was like, oh, I, I, maybe he should just not do it. But then it was fine. It was, it was totally fine cool. after the prologue. It was so, so it's cool. What this story is, uh, is, and I don't know North mythology well enough to tell you the nuances of it, but there's these two black elves, and they're both assassins, uh, a, a lady and a man, and uh, they've had a baby, and, and there's one more job to go do. <laughs> and, and the lady leaves the baby home with the daddy, mm-hmm. and, sh- and she goes off, and she's, uh, she's super badass. And she's got this. She's got this job to do to kill this guy. And uh, is it Thor? Like she's supposed to kill Thor? Is well, that... she's going to the citadel where Thor is mm-hmm. in chains, and Mjolnir, which isn't named, but the hammer, yeah. is basically the sort of the latch on the door, yeah, and, so and also the security Thor. system. Um, and so she's she's going after Thor, but we I, I guess we don't know yeah. entirely what the yeah, mission they, is. But this never, is, I, yeah, I don't think they ever name him Thor. They they mention him in the they beginning. Kind of well, they say Odin's son, don't they? And yep, they do, and they say oh, the, they the say stone god once. I think mm-hmm. is is what they call him. Uh, you know, it's just an adventure tale. You 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 take off. There's stakes back at home. The, there's the baby. They're they're trying to get away. There's one last score. Uh, it's all pretty classic. You know, and it's she all gathers the, the team up. That's sort of the cool thing is that the the and you know we you know tiptoed around this. How do you do a a Thor story that's not a Marvel Thor story? Right. And so we have, you know, Thor is like a skeletal looking, he's really badass looking. He's on the cover. Yeah. Um, and he's in like all these chains and it's sort of like a, I don't know, like Frank Miller, like hyperbolic, like, yeah. like the worst prison you could possibly be it's in. A, it's, it's, a, like it's not all that eyes. different. It's not all that different from an alien chain room. There could be a xenomorph yeah. in there. I would watch <laughs> exactly. out. Those chains it are wet. Simonson, right. Yeah, um, I didn't even think of that. Oh yeah, my god! <laughs> exactly. Um, but the um, and it, it would be the Simonson version of the alien before they actually came up with the Giger alien in the in the Archie Goodwin comic. Um, so he just had to do whatever he thought the script looked like. Anyways, um, 
it takes place at the end of the world or after the end of the world. It's after yeah. it's post Ragnarok. So there right. was this war that's laid out in the uh, in the prologue, and Odin's dead, Thor's dead, everybody's dead, and it's just you know the bad people left. And so we're following basically who would normally be the villains, but they're our protagonists, at least for this issue. And they're so. really sweet parents. Yes, they are. They're really great parents. Yeah, I, I really like that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'm going to tell you the moment that I was like, here's your pick of the week. Um, and it's just totally a graphic design page. Uh, it's page, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, page eight. Uh, it's, it's sort of blue. It's, she's riding her horse from the distance into the foreground. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing is segmented into five horizontal panels that go across the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the left side, there's a box that's used to sort of focus on, on her as she rides towards us. Just so she, she, she gets getting, getting closer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that is epically astonishing, uh, uh, graphic storytelling. Oh yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It's comic book and cinema all blended together and it's 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 classic Walt Simonson and if you it's just and it's just so good like it, it's it like and the whole thing is sort of like that he he he's he's as good a storyteller as exists right now and then on top of that a lot of times if you have a guy come back from 20 30 40 years ago uh their dialogue and and stuff is not as snappy uh as some of what we've gotten used to and it was not the case at all like this was really fun uh snappy dialogue that fit in the thing if it you know it didn't feel goofy um, and I just, I just loved it. I love that. I love that he he straddles the line between, you know, between modern and 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 classic, and and it doesn't lose anything to either. And it's just, it's just so cool. Um, I'm like proud. I'm like, look at him go, man. That's great. <laughs> it's like it's the next just, issue of Thor, you know. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, uh, yeah. and you know, it's a first issue. Uh, they they enter the danger, and then we see it, and then that's it. So. We don't really know what's happened. It's not a complete story, but I, I'm totally excited to come back for another one um, and, and, and seeing what happens with this. I'm very upset that something horrible is going to happen to the family of assassins with their baby. Yeah, the stakes, are, the stakes are pretty high because I think the, the payment that she asked for is not yes. actually monetary. She's, she's asking for basically that her child won't ever be harmed. And then when the job is done, that her child will basically just live forever. Yeah, if she, um, if she does and if the she job. if she screws up, right. the child is basically sent to damnation. Yeah, um, so it's either your kid's going to be immortal, which I, by the way, I don't know if I want anybody brokering that for me. Yeah. And like her reaction, like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's what happens when you deal with the dark forces. I Fail guess. me and I'll see to it that your daughter spends her eternity in torment. What? Yeah, and and the thing is, so like if you if you root for her, like well then possibly Thor has to die again. <laughs> but maybe this dead, that's her mission. maybe this Thor's a dick. He Could looks be. not nice. The thing is, I well, don't, he's this a skeleton. Of, don't hold that against him. There's a thing that they've been doing with Marvel Thor recently, and I bet you know this has been touched, but you know Thor may not be a good guy depending on your point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, especially. Old Thor, Norse Thor. There's definitely a way to tell that story where he's, you know, he's not necessarily uh, going to be uh, sympathetic. You know, he's he's not he's not for the little guy. You know, that's that's sort of what Marvel has turned him into. But you know, this is a way to do that story, definitely. Um, you know, if you're looking at it from the God Butcher's perspective, for example. Um, and this, as far as we can tell, this is an ongoing. This isn't. There's. This isn't one of something. Yeah, I no, looked around. No I couldn't find a cap, so I don't know. But yeah. They never. I feel like they never announce that, or you don't see that. Yeah, they, they the don't. First issue. Now they just assume everything is ongoing until it isn't, basically. And then you get to um, issue three, and it's like three of eight. Yeah. Right. Well, that ha- so. that can happen too. But it's kind of cool because you think you can live in this world for quite a while, and I want to see more of this giant dragon fight thing at the beginning. Yeah, and the thing is, like you know, he, he's written from all various ends of you know the. Yggdrasil tree like he you know after this story he could write something else that takes place in all of those realms there's yeah. a there's a lot of ground to cover and you know a lot of different you know times so so if you have been hankering for some good old fantasy comics uh this is 
this would could easily pass under your radar and it, it shouldn't and also if you're just a fan of really 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 great comic book art um yeah. i cannot recommend it or lettering i cannot recommend yeah. it more highly if you're a fan of really great comic lettering if you love skeletons this and, or and or chains if you like reptilian looking horse things and lady assassins and and trolls that are kind of like gamorian guards that's yeah they got that too oh Norse uh, architecture. Uh, and thought bubbles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love thought bubbles. I do. There were thought bubbles in this, and it's I was good. very, very excited. It's really timeless. Yeah. So like it, it. it was, uh, thanks for thanks for pointing that out. Uh, there wasn't much doubt after I read it uh, that this was going to be what it is, because, it, you know, it's it, what else is there like this right now? I love it when it gets to be changed up a little bit. However, if I wasn't going to do this, um, I definitely would have gone with Batman number 33. From Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and the rest of their people. Uh, this was the finale of a crossover that started a long time ago. No, not a crossover. Uh, an ongoing story that, that started sometime in the 90s, I think. It's been, it's been a little while. <laughs> well, since last time, I've been excited to find out who wins in the laser light uh, techno dance contest inside the Sphinx. Riddler or Batman. Because that was the big cliffhanger last time. That Batman goes inside the Sphinx. <laughs> Or the replica of the Sphinx, and there's all these laser lights around. I was like, "What are you up to, Riddler?" And uh, it's unfortunately it doesn't end with a dance off. That's not how they decide things. It's you know it's the whole detective thing because it's Batman and the Riddler, so you got to do it that way. Um, but I really like this be, uh, because of the sort of epilogue thing and the uh, the involvement of Alfred. The epilogue. I mean, and we can get to that in a minute. Okay. Because let's let's wait. Because that really was the thing that that put me over the top. That mm-hmm. I would have been like that. That I was that I really liked it. But you know, let's go back. Like I thought, what you had here was a re- you know. What's funny is like I made a joke that, that it's been around for a really long time since it came back after there was like that little delay in the middle. Yeah, it's been pretty peppy, and and it's it's always on time. But like it's been like like leading up to this sort of final half of it. I was I was really good. I didn't feel stretched out. It's been it's been pretty. Uh, exciting and sort of the one issue ends. You want to know what happens next. It's actually it hasn't actually felt drawn out uh, since that since it came back. Um, but I like the structure of you know like you've got to answer twelve riddles, and they start doing a couple, and I'm like, are they gonna really go through these? And and I just I like the structure of how Bruce got around it, you know, and he yeah. gave him an answer that was supposed to be wrong, but really it was right, and it's just it's really nice meticulous planning, and it's the kind of writing I can't ever do. Like I couldn't ever do that. That's that's really. That's much more well like thought. Like puzzle writing, like yeah, I'm I'm terrible yeah. at that kind of thing, uh, and like like whenever I've never wanted to be a mystery writer of any kind, which is kind of you know like like he's trying to solve for X and you have to know what all the things are and the one character has to be smarter, but you don't know why. And, yeah. and I'm always impressed by that. And I thought it was handled really well, and it wasn't like it was just on the edge of being too much, and he, he knew exactly when to back off. I just um, love the you know the scope of this and the whole controversy at the beginning was. We're going to write a modern answer to Batman Year One, and because so many things have changed in the New Fifty Two, and even since Batman Year One, that Batman Year One doesn't necessarily work as the origin story um, for the, this particular iteration of Batman. So it- we need to. So we need to. So that I mean that that's the talking point really is that we, you know they needed to come up with you know new solutions for that and, and set up the timeline a little bit you know, better and, you know, Catwoman is totally different and all that. So is it that this uh, does, does the, does Batman year one not exist in this timeline? Cause then this, this would happen is, before that. Well, it's a new 52. So technically it should only be new 52 continuity. That's it's, bullshit though. But overall, like historically, yes. no, I, 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 um, I agree with it being. I don't, although, I don't. I don't like operating in those circumstances. No, I don't either. I don't, I don't like this that. Is, but... This is academic. But I, I yeah. like. I was gonna say, if it does, like, it doesn't fit in this anymore. Right. Like the the Batman who goes through this. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't. It couldn't work because him and Gordon have a relationship right. in this. So this yeah. is that. This this is the substitute for that. Yeah, which is much bigger in scale and and massive. This thing he's not trying to do. No. Batman Year One. He's trying to fill in that timeline with a with a tonally different story, with a, a completely you know visually different story, and just the scope of it is crazy. I mean, like Batman yeah. Year One is a it's a it's a crime story, 
you know, and it, and it and it really focuses on you know police corruption and stuff. And this is like a I don't know, it's like a David Fincher blockbuster kind of thing. Like <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's just it's 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 the city. You know, it does it's, set you up for a world in which, like, very quickly, immediately, everybody in Gotham understands and appreciates the Batman or at least the idea of him because they're not sure, you know, because mm-hmm. they won't really know for sure any of the stuff that happened, but, you know, people would talk and things would get around or whatever. And it, it, it sets him up better than sort of like with one, one big announcement to the world sort of more than, you know, like it makes him a, it makes him a major figure quickly, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I really think one of the things that I noticed as I was going through this is that I think Capullo um, started off uh, with a ton, almost t- like a, Everyone loved it. It was a ton of detail and lots of stuff. But this is, at this point, I think partly partly out of necessity, but partly just because it's a maturing process. Like, I think Capullo is stripped down a little bit as we go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really nice. There's just less lines, less marks. And maybe that has to do with, you know, Danny Miki uh, inking it or whatever. But I, I like it. I was, I'm a fan of it. And the, co- the color is so, like... You, the color no- in... In this issue, and I don't know if it's because of all the laser dance party, yeah. but the coloring in this issue felt more alive than in any of the other issues, I thought. Um, I, th- I think particularly in this issue, but I, I, think, I think Zero Year overall, it, it's gone from just being kind of, oh, they're, they're introducing this kind of Michael Mann color scheme with the, you know, the bright purples on the gloves, of course, and then... But just just the there's a there's sun in the sky, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's maybe that's vegetation maybe in Gotham. It just it, it's a very different look for Gotham. And some you know, and I, and I and I think some people are like, this doesn't look like a Batman book. That's why I think that's that's kind of cool that it looks completely different than anything else in the Batman catalog. Um, Both Batman and Riddler have matching gloves in this. Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> a big thing. Um, also, is is Batman wearing short sleeves? Yeah, you sort of got like a muscle shirt kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. I thought he got hurt, but I thought like if his his, his, uh, uniform got just like hurt, destroyed. Mm -hmm. But no, it looks like that's intentional. He's got got this sort of like Under Armour kind of... He's taking us to the gun show. He's taking us to the gun (laughs) show, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, it's a very different Bruce uh, in Mm -hmm. in Zero Year. And it's not even a Batman Year One Bruce. It's, I mean, when he, you know, got the, uh, the crew cut. Yeah. Everything. That's kind of unlike, you know, for some people, I think it was like a bridge too far. Um, yes. But uh, no, I think it's, I, I like that it's so different. Um, but so see him becoming the Batman that we know and love. Yeah. A- anyway, the what could have been yep. two pages. Oh, that broke my heart. Capper esque. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's, God. So yeah. Alfred is, you know, finds, uh, you know, Bruce's uh, former flame from college and, and brings her in. And, you know, we're going to introduce her to you know reintroduce her to bruce and he goes through this memory we don't know that it's you know his you know imagination but he imagines bruce growing old and having children with this woman and being happy and turning to alfred and saying you know thank you and then you know he thinks better of it uh that's never going to happen uh and the, the great final lines that he's spoken for i'm sorry and well, that, he hoped that one day he would go to that cafe <laughs> <laughs> and he would look up and he wouldn't just see Batman or Bruce there. He would see a family. I don't remember the lines because I only saw it once in the theater because it was horrible. <laughs> Pretty close. I don't, I don't think that's what this Alfred sounds like. I don't indeed. Yeah, I definitely don't hear that Alfred in this Alfred. No. As much as I like that Alfred, I mean, yeah, oh, it's a fine Alfred. We get Alfred. fine Alfred, but uh, but yeah. So that was you know, it was very tough. I was like, wait a minute, like you can't do that, and and then oh no, it's not real. Yeah, it's uh, uh, but it was a good, it's a it was... wonderful life, or it could have been a wonderful life, but yeah, he he, you know, like he 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 does big stories and he finishes them pretty well, Scott Snyder. So. You know, yeah. this is like several times in a row, so you can kind of feel confident about going into it. When are you going to drop a ball, man? Can't have it. So I did <laughs> not see uh, the Avengers 100th anniversary uh, issue coming, but I noticed it, and mm-hmm. I saw All by James Stokoe, and I thought, oh, all right, uh, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I've been very excited about this. So this this month they've been doing every week a different special where they where Marvel imagines what it would be like to do a special uh, on the hundredth anniversary of Marvel. Uh, so twenty so twenty five years from now because we're celebrating the seventy fifth anniversary of Marvel this year. So or <laughs> a seventy fifth anniversary of Marvel, depending on where you start. But anyways, it's officially 75th anniversary. So um, they've had different teams, and um, I've read each <laughs> of them. They ran out of actual fake milestones, and they made up real fake milestones. But I think it's a cool idea. <laughs> um, it's 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 an it's a neat idea, and they did it. They did a Spider-Man issue that was like, what if what what's the hundredth anniversary special going to be like? And they're like, what if it's like the eighth issue of a maxi series? So it starts like in Medius Res. You know, with the kingpin killing uh, Eddie Brock and becoming Fat Venom or something. So, but anyways, this has been the best one so far. It's the one I've been most looking forward to. James Stoko, uh, writer and artist on this one. Uh, you might know him from Orkstain or Wanton Soup, which just came out with a, a new collection. And uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of his. And I really want more Orkstain. But until then, this is pretty great. And he doesn't just imagine, because the thing is, like in 25 years, if things continue to go the same way, like the character should still be the same. So his added thing is that he's like, what if it's 25 years later for the characters too? So they're not in publishing stasis and you've got rogue who they hint, um, gained immortality from Wolverine as his last gift to her. Um, and that's sort of like a little tidbit and it's explained away in a little editorial caption at the bottom of the panel. Um, but then you've got Dr. Strange, uh, and it's like the 17th incarnation of Dr. Strange. He's in a new body. Uh, and he's a dude. With I a noticed they, they did. I noticed they didn't put out a press release, but he's black. Yeah. Or he, he's at least, you know, uh, a person of color. Like he's, well, he's darker he's, skin in, in, in the future. We will, we will all be. Yeah. A lovely. Uh, sold out of Brian's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then who else? And then beta Ray bill is the the new sort of Thor on the Avengers. There's Beta Ray Bill in There's this? There's Beta Ray Bill. That was, I was like, Beta James Stoko, Beta Ray Bill, Rogue, and Doctor Strange. And uh, Tony Stark's brain is in a tube running uh, <laughs> Avengers Tower. And Which it's is like in, a big mecha Iron Man Malaysia? Thing. Yeah, it? and it's like, it's the, the planet's been invaded by the Badoon. And read just reading the, the stuff at the beginning, Stoko is apparently like a huge Marvel nerd. Like well, he's pulling some really interesting, obscure stuff out of there. I think that's true, but I think that what's also cool about him, what's a, what's a, why he's a good, um, why he's a good person for this is that I don't feel like he's got a ton of like I know he doesn't have a ton of reverence for doing it their way, so he knows all that stuff, but he's still going to do like his version of his story. So it felt like obviously, obviously, it felt like him. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just, you know. But like, there's stuff in there like he. Talks about the Badoon like uh, gender wars, and that's like a deep cut. Knowing about the Badoon and how their society works, like there's a civil war between the male and female, and they each have their own planet. Um, uh, you know, or else he could have just been diving into Wikipedia. But uh, I thought that was a, an interesting thing to include. And then uh, the the mole man and the moloids are the, are the, the major antagonist in this. But what I love is that the Avengers fly around like on a pyramid like a floating pyramid, but it's so impractical because they call it a Quinjet. They're each on a side of the pyramid. So like if someone was shooting at them, it would just hit them. <laughs> like they're not, I, I, or if, I don't know if it's cloaked or whatever, but anyways, but it's just full of, you know, huge imagination and it's got total stoner colors on it. It's, it's pretty I, wonderful. I was just thrilled when, when Mole Man the third showed up with his little tie. Yeah. <laughs> he has a little sweater vest. And I love that it's like in this, you know, this is giving it away. But um, so if you don't want to know how it ends, fast forward a bit. But um, they, you know, the mole man attacks them and they're fighting. And uh, Dr. Strange's solution isn't to destroy them. It's to go to Yellowstone Park, which is now the great American ocean uh, because the ice caps and everything and bring up, you know, uh, you know, uh, a bit of the uh, the tectonic plate so they can have a new realm to live in a new subterranean lair. So it's a peaceful solution to the problem and not just like all out, you know, warfare. And I thought that was kind of smart. So I, I, I love the hell out of this. This is yeah. totally delivered on the promise of Stoko Avengers. 
and it's i think it's kind of you know it's it's just this one shot there's no there's you know probably never gonna be you know more stoko avengers but uh it's nice to dream yeah it was uh it was a good time now uh as a person who is known on the internet uh as wonder alley it seemed auspicious that that we had you on the show today uh, when when a Wonder Woman issue came out, and we haven't really talked about it in a while, but also Cliff Chang came back on after what seemed like a bit of a hiatus. Yes. Um, and I feel like we're you know we know there's there's another version of Wonder Woman coming up, and this is this is going to be wrapping up pretty soon. It feels like. And uh, what do you what do you think? Are you down um, with this? I've I've I really I felt like this run had a little bit it dragged a little in the middle. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it had a really, really, really long second act. Um, but since Wonder Woman's become the god of war, which yeah. is the yeah. last couple months, it's like picked back up to that pace that it had before. And seeing Cliff Chang's pencil when I opened the page or I opened the cover this time was really exciting because um, his art just has an energy that... Um, can't really be mimicked yeah Uh, so it was it was really great to see that um and i also love matt wilson's colors um so it was a gorgeous issue but and even knowing that there is a new creative team coming on in i think october november um this has kind of felt like the beginning of the third act um which i think was good and necessary and needed um so well, it'll something. be interesting. When I'm sorry. Uh, when uh, when Orion showed up the first time, I thought oh, I don't like that. And now that he's back, really? I thought I really like that. I had to be convinced. I'll just be honest. That's the thing. Like I I was, yeah. I was like Orion, cool. I know, but like <laughs> I I'm you know. I was kind of like, I was kind of like Orion, cool, and I was like, oh, he's a massive dick. No, but that's what makes it fun. It is. <laughs> like it really, it's it's such a. I think as a as a sort of counterpoint to to how Wonder Woman is in this, like, of course they're they're you know they're they're fire and ice. They shouldn't mix, but they kind of do, and it's fun. And even if nothing comes of it, it's fun to sort of watch them because you know, like his heart's kind of in the right place. He's just a doofus, right? Yeah, um, I kind of and I kind of do like that. And it's not only Diana who calls him yeah. out on his douchey behavior; yeah. it's everyone. I th- and in this episode or in this issue, it's Hera. Yeah. Um, which is great. She had a really fantastic I was, scene. I was thinking I really liked the development of her character from the beginning where she was just sort of the evil, jealous queen woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a ton of power to whatever she's become now. And then like you got what was basically a flash of, of, of her older self and people like got scared of her. There was like a little sort of foreshadowing yeah. in one of those panels because you know, she's a god. She's uh, unpredictable and, and, yeah. and you know, change direction. And, and, and I like that. It is- it is good too, and I'm glad that they kind of called it out as it's good to. See. We I haven't seen her like this in yeah. a long time because you've really only seen her as this jilted wife character. Um, she's probably had the most progression. She's mm-hmm. really great. I love when she has interactions with Sola and the baby. So I'm um, guessing that at the end of this, this is the end of this. Like yeah. this is never going to happen. Like the Wonder Woman is running around in the other books. She's not she's this. Cut, she's yeah, and I mean, I kind of, but not really nominal. Actually, out of out of San Diego Comic Con, I believe today there was a quote about uh, Wonder Woman's not going to be so much with the mythology. We're going to be looking at other stuff after yeah. this. Yeah, and I I, uh, don't, I is, don't blame them. Yeah, like, which fine. is fine, and I think it's I think it's good because we've had three years. I don't know you. Yeah, three years of of crazy crime family mythology. Uh, but I love that we've had this and I love that it's lasted this long because this yeah. is, it's not a superhero book and it's yeah. almost definitely not a Wonder Woman book. It's, it's, the, it's the longest I've ever read a Wonder Woman arc. I can tell you that much. Yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, I'm still with it the whole time and, and it really, it, it's good at this point. It's not, I'm not just like, let's just end it. It's, I'm, I'm excited for the ending, but not in that way. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's, it's going to come at its own pace and it's going to wrap up and I'm going to have, 37 38 amazing issues of wonder woman that i can come back to and force other people to read and we got sensation comics to look forward to and we do the the digital first wonder woman series i think it's the first time that series has come out since the 50s Hmm. um 
Will there be, a, will there be an undercurrent of, uh, of BDSM? Um, probably not. Maybe, I, who knows? I'm sure. I think there is an E.L. James issue coming up. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, finally, we haven't talked about Saga in a while. And I don't know, has, has it been not out in a while? Or is it just... Well, there was a little hiatus and then, little, it, like then it came one. back. You might have been gone that week or something. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. I think this is only the second issue since the last hiatus. Right. Christ, at the end of this one, I wanted to read the next one. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my point. I <laughs> these I was like, wow, we really have not spent enough time with these robot weirdos, and I think we should spend more time with them. That's the thing. I uh, it's such a it's such a challenge for for Staples to have these characters that are you know it's not just one character who has a TV head. Yeah, it's a whole race of them, and they and they have to you know interact and emote in a way or not emote. Um, and you can, and and only some of the time they use the, you know, the device of having something on screen that depicts kind of what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of the time it's just a gray screen. And that was really effective, uh, in this one when, uh, Prince Robot the fourth finds out that he has a son and his wife is dead. Um, and he's just, and he, you know, shoots the, the madam, uh, in a sextillion <laughs> when he finds out about this and no one told him for a, you know, a while and just, you know, let him continue, you know, spending money into his perversion, <laughs> yeah, and spending money and filling their coffers. Um, but so he just gives them a blank look and you know, it, it's so much more effective than if that's, that was a character with a face or a traditional humanoid face. Excuse me for anyone who's yeah. offended by that song. Uh, for you TV heads out there. I, I, like, I also really like the um, marriage. Yes, I was. Between, yeah. it's, that is, that's real marriage stuff. For, for Marco and Alana? Yeah, yeah for Marco and, you, and Alana. Like, I couldn't think of Marco's name. You already know they're doomed, and you're just sort of watching these cracks, and it's very real and very normal and, and kind of hard to watch. Because you want them to succeed, but they've already told you they're not going to. Right. It's it's great because you don't normally see this in mm-hmm. comics Anything. story. You don't see it, or yeah, or media in general. Like yeah, they, but it's but it's so but it's so universal that you know, like getting into you know hallucinogenic drugs while you're in a telenovela, you know, wrestling drama, and <laughs> your husband is kind of interested in the purple woman, but also <laughs> trying to hide the species of his daughter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or half of the species of his daughter. Oh, is it thing, like, do they have pink urine? Is that what's going on? And like, he's trying to hide that? No, yeah, she I has think, an no, 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 no. He doesn't want her to change her because her wings are strapped yep. down. Yep. Okay. And so see the wings. But isn't she pink? Sure isn't like the accident pink? Maybe they all look like that. I don't okay. know. <laughs> it's orangey, isn't it? Yeah, it's orange. Um, Maybe in the future, it's like the things where they put in the pool. So if a kid pees, you see it. <laughs> Just what the air in that world does. Um, you know, like it's it's hard. It's it's another good issue, and I I wonder it. I I marvel at Fiona Staples. Like her her work is so good, and I don't realistic. I want to say realistic, but that's not it. It's true feeling. Like they like the bodies look like real bodies, and 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 it's it's like sexy, but it's grounded, but it's also aliens, and it's it's all these things at once, and uh, just nothing looks like that, and it's it's so perfect for this. And she's doing everything, which is yeah. also like mind-boggling when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that they have the system where she takes a little break, gets caught up. Yeah. A fill-in oh. artist on this, like oh uh, no, no, no. I I don't even think you could get a fill-in letterer or a fill-in colorist. Like it would completely change. It'd just it. be wrong. Yeah. So. Uh, so listen up. You're listening to this, and you're thinking, ah, oh, geez, you know what? I wish that I had bought all these saga issues, but I hadn't. Uh, you should get the to uh, ifibo.com slash Amazon. That's going to take you to the Amazon.com superstore on the internet. And you can get the issues and the trades of this that you've missed so far. Because uh, you want to be caught up because this is this is epic stuff. Um, you could also, you know, if something turned you on about the about the about the planet there with the with the robots, you know, I'm sure there's something for you there. Because they have a lot at the superstore. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that's something that I, that I looked for. It's not <laughs> I, I didn't try to find a, a hallucinogenic uh, head tingler 
that sticks into my neck uh, so I could fantasize about being on the beach with my family. I didn't do that. But if you were going to, you could go to Amazon. But the point of all this is uh, <laughs> that if you do that, then uh, a portion of your payment to uh, the gigantic mega conglomerate uh, known as Amazon. It's not a conglomerate. The big, big corporation known as Amazon uh, will go directly to us, and it doesn't cost you a thing. And if you're going to buy something anywhere and you dig all this, why not do that? Um, then you can also, if you want, be more direct, be more forthright, be less passive-aggressive with your giving, uh, and go to ifanboy.com slash registration, and you can just give us money. Cold, hard cash, biatch. Uh, you and then go none $3. of that goes to Amazon. None of it. It all goes it, to... Um, you know what? I, I don't actually don't believe that. I'm sure some of it does. In some way. In some way. In fact, as Connor is part of the corporation, I'm sure of it some of it will end up going to Amazon. <laughs> uh that's you can either do a regular payment uh that we can expect of three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year, or or just whatever it is you feel is cool. And uh that actually definitely really goes to uh fund uh some of the costs of doing the website and the podcasts. Um and of course we thank very deeply, all those who, who have done so. That's it's very generous and kind. Um, so again, ifanbo.com slash registration or ifanbo.com slash Amazon. That'll get you to where you need. Did you, speaking on. of, did you see Carol's new earrings? You know... We're going to have to have yeah. a conversation about that. Because I know that Bill's not making that much. Right. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, Allie, how good is Afterlife with Archie? I... The answer is so with- good. It's so good. It's so good that I can't even really express how good. Um, I started reading this last night and I was about three pages in Mm -hmm. and I wanted to find everybody who had read it because I needed to talk about it while I was reading it. I, it just bowled me over how really good it was. This is also a really good jumping on point. We should mention afterlife with Archie number six. Um, just to just to fill in the gaps a little bit, in the beginning, um, it all started when Jughead's dog got run over by a car, and he <laughs> couldn't let go, so he had to, you know, go to Sabrina the Teenage Witch and be like, "Can you please resurrect my dog for me?" And, and like a good friend, she finds the Necronomicon, and as she sorcelled him back to life. And but of course, he was a zombie, and he bit Jughead. And Jughead became a zombie and the whole thing. And now we're in this whole Walking Dead kind of situation in Riverdale. Um, and we've le- we, when we last left our redheaded friend uh, and Betty and Veronica and some more of, of the survivors, they were um, fleeing um, Lodge Mansion, Lodge Estate, uh, and heading for higher ground. Uh, but now we have this interlude with Sabrina the Teenage Witch and where has she been all this time? And she's been in this institution uh, in therapy sessions with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. <laughs> Dr. Lovecraft. And this is a um, this is a Lovecraftian, you know, this is a, a total love letter to Eldritch Horror. And yeah. apparently uh, Takasa and, um, and Frank Avia are huge Lovecraft fans. And I have been on record as saying I'm really tired of Lovecraft stuff in comics, but I think if you're gonna do it, they did it really well, and they know their stuff. Yeah, they they unabashedly went in and said we're gonna do a Lovecraft story. Yeah, but they also um, they like they have an understanding of of the material and the voice and the tone of it, and it's not just ooh Cthulhu, you know, like it's not just about the tentacles. It's right. They clearly yeah, no. are, are fans of this stuff, and, and it's, uh, it's really it's, good. It's so good, and it and it is. It's just that like it creeps in with like the little tendril of a tentacle in the beginning, and so you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the pacing is perfect, and Franca Villa is a beast with the art. Yeah, and I like um, that this is sort of about, it's not just about, you know, tentacled horror. It's also, it's a psychological thing. It's like, am I crazy? And she starts, right. you know, thinking, maybe hallucinating that the people who are running this asylum are, you know, are monsters and maybe she's more than right. And they <laughs> end up wanting to make her the bride of Thulu and, and, uh, and you know, as a witch, she's going to be, you know, part of this, this, this right and the setting, like the way that Frank Avia just draws it, it's very creepy and 
it made me think of the the, the last episode of uh, True Detective, and they even mentioned Carcosa in here. So True Detective <laughs> fans, you'll like this. But yeah, it's a great place to to drop in if you want to check out the series. And it's and it's a perfect like one shot standalone story. Yeah, uh, which I really I liked. I was I was nervous because everyone had been talking so much and said such great, wonderful things about the trade afterlife with Archie mm-hmm. um, that I'm like, all right, well, Archie zombies, I'll figure it out. Uh, I was not expecting this to be uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch marrying Cthulhu. Yeah. And I, and I think <laughs> um, we're going back to Archie. Next and month, Yeah. But... And it, it very much looks like, this is a one and done and they'll be back in Riverdale. Yeah. Either, mentioned- either it's a, either it's a one and done or like, we'll get more Archie and then it'll be the next, you know, end cap, you know, like we'll, we'll, well come back also- to Sabrina possibly, but. Right. Well, I know they said, and there's a preview at the end of this issue that there's going to be a new Sabrina. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah. She has a spinoff series. Which um, looked good. That's it looked good. And it's like period. It's going to be set in like the fifties or sixties and it's, creepy looking and also this issue had a wicker man reference and i kind of love when you have a wicker man reference. <laughs> all right this, thinks been, she's gonna... this has been way too much archie for two weeks to... <laughs> it's good I, I get it it's fine they're having a resurgence so tell us about cool. letter 44 yeah, you guys uh you know what letter 44 is mm-hmm. okay uh, uh charles soul fairly well-known, I'd say, in mainstream comics at this point, is doing this series over at Oni. Um, and I had read the first issue a while ago, and then I lost track of it. Um, but I really, really liked the first issue, and I know that that doesn't make sense, but there we are. Um, I caught up because I was on airplanes a lot, um, and I read all of the issues, and I got current with this issue number eight uh, that's out this week. Um, this is so good. That's all that I have to say, really. <laughs> it's uh, Basically, the story is that... Uh, the, this guy, uh, Blade, or, or, or Blades, I think that he said he was Latin, so maybe it's Blades. I'm not sure. Um, he's the president. He's the 44th president, and he gets his letter uh, from, the, from the 43rd president, who's George W. Bush, basically. Um, and they found aliens, and they're preparing for something because they don't know what's happening, and they sent a spaceship out there. So you've got this story of the president. And his new government trying to figure out what to do at the same time he's trying to be a good president. Um, and then uh, at the, and then in space, the astronauts are out there next to it. And, and uh, it is it is a page turner. And it is I don't know how I am going to wait issue to issue going forward because it's really it's very exciting. There's a lot of really good personal stuff. And there's a lot of big stuff. And uh, it's a it's a it's a really well done series. That's cool. Uh, I got to get caught up on it. I, when I read the first issue, the pleasant surprise for me was that they do focus on the uh, astronauts and what's going on out there. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that, but it's, but that's continuing on. It's, it's supremely well-structured. Okay, I really, good. I gotta say like the, the, that dude's impressive. <laughs> it really is. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good book. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, this week, uh, we had a first issue out from Warren Ellis, uh, an image comics. Yes. Yeah. Supreme what Blue Rose. Number one. That is an odd title. It is. Uh, Supreme Brew Rose, number one, with art by Tula Lote. Um, I didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about it? The well, art is really it's, good. It's significant. Uh, okay. In the, you know, whenever uh, I will, you, I will always give a new Warren Ellis uh, book a chance because the I man was, has ideas and they're good. I was slightly surprised that the Warren Ellis book that we were talking about was not Trees, number three. I don't have anything more to say about it that we hadn't already said before, I think. Okay. It was, I mean, it was pretty good. It was interesting, but it's sort of like, well, I'll wait for, the, for a thing to happen before we talk about it again. But um, I don't know. It was kind of, it was kind of a, this was uh, this, uh, I, I had to look it up again because I can't remember. Supreme Blue Rose is about this girl who is uh, uh, an investigative journalist and uh, non-surprisingly she's having trouble getting steady work in this world that does not, that does not value journalism, but it values uh, lists of cats. And, um, and she gets um, an offer from a mysterious, very wealthy man of $300,000 to go search for the clue to a, a mystery that has to do with dimension hopping or some such. And, and, and all this sort of weird metaphysical stuff that's going on. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's interesting, but I wasn't blown away. 
Yeah, which is, uh, I I have to kind of read this one again. Um, I just remember picking it up and seeing the title and the creator and being like, "What are you? What what are you?" <laughs> and then after I was done with it, I was like, "What what were you?" <laughs> um, but I loved the art though. I really did, and and um, it's got that like off pitch printing kind of thing. Like it's yeah. It almost looks like, wait, am I reading a 3D book and I need to be wearing the lenticular glasses? No, okay, it's fine. It's just, you know, weird look. And uh, I thought it was very pretty. Um, so but I'm going to keep entirely. reading it. I'm going to keep reading it, but I wasn't blown away. I think we were blown away with trees. Um, yeah. More so. But, you know, like, it's smart science fiction, you know, at the end of the trees day. Trees and uh, ghost moon night. Ghost? ghost night. Moon night. Oh, right, right. Ghost yeah, exactly. Night. Ghost night. Um, Jesus. Talk to me about Storm Number One, Greg Pak. Uh, continue to write really good. I've, I've sort of with this and with um, with action comics, um, sort of discovering and uh, Superman, Batman, discovering this guy's really good at interior monologue. Um, it seems I'm saying to, something in this world of too much interior monologue. It seems to be there is it, a lot of interior monologue. <laughs> it seems to be a connect. Did you, did you not like it? Um. No, it, it's funny. I I remember as I was reading like the first few pages, I was like, this is a lot of internal monologue. <laughs> just like something that I thought of. Not that it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. There just there just seemed to be a lot of it. Um Yeah, there I mean there are definitely those weeks and this is one of them where there's like so much going on and so much to read, you're like, Oh god, look at all these words. But I thought, you know, what we're saying and especially, you know, a great opportunity to really focus in on storm as a character get to do that interior monologue we don't get to see that that often because she's usually in an ensemble so mm-hmm. to get just a solo book from her is, is really cool and mohawk um, mohawk mohawk yes mohawk that's a big thing it's it's mohawk stormer get the hell out yeah i don't i don't love the art in this but i like the writing and it's it's interesting it's sort of a one-off first issue um I think th- yeah, it's it going to involve the Morlocks um, in issue two. That seems to be the indication. But like this is like a self, very self-contained thing, which I thought was an interesting choice for the number one. But uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's off. It's also a promising start, and I like I like his characterization. I like Beast being sort of like um, back at base and saying, "Storm, what are you up to? Where are you going? Stop causing problems with human relations. Um, don't <laughs> blow anything up, please. <laughs> you know, we're trying to." you know, establish good relations with this country. Please be nice. <laughs> and so I kind of like that, that she's sort of, um, you know. A bit more she's of a, a wild card. She's a, she's a, she's a, yeah, she's a wild card. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, now, um, Paul, I asked you if you were reading Velvet. Right. And you said you went to trade because. I went to trade because. A little bit. A little bit. Right. Yeah, a little bit. This was a really good issue to get you back up to speed with what's happening. It looks like. Yeah. There was some well done. Uh, sort of exposition that sort of placed us where we were and, and sort of brought me back into focus uh, about about where this story is, this this British 70s spy story that it may well be one of my favorite things on the stands. This is so good looking. It's just so good looking. It's just it's just so cool and sexy and dark and and uh, and this one, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been bad at all for me, but this definitely helped sort of shore things up. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's good stuff. Uh, this is really, I think it's really it, it sort of uh, ending up as one of my favorite books in the stands because it's just so cool. My thing is just uh, not that I don't like it. It's just that it's, um, it's, it's spy stuff. And, mm-hmm. I ha- and just me in particular, I have trouble keeping track of, of everything that's going on. And I have similar problems with uh, with zero sometimes, but zero gets away with it because it's sort of like a different thing every month. Yeah, you don't need to hold on to anything really. Well, interesting because uh, zero number nine was out this week. I feel like this has been away for a little bit. I haven't heard it. Uh, this art by by Tanji Zanzik this time, who I'm a big big fan of. Real nice. Um, yeah, real nice. Uh, and and it's funny because the thing that, that Connor got mad about when there was an alien thing. Yep. They haven't even gone back to that at all. So I'm just ignoring <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this one. I, all, all I want to say, this this broke my heart at the end. It was it was really it was rough. Yeah, and if you look at how it was drawn, there's these huge, brushy ink splotches. Mm. Like it's just super expressionistic comic book art. It's it's like it's like Lone Wolf and Cub. It's 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 nuts. Um, really good stuff. 
really. Uh, uh, I, I thought it was a really good issue. It makes um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy look like the banana splits in terms of uh, tone. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it, man, it is dark. Very dark. That, and it should be. It's very dark. the hell out of me. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Yep. Yep. I was like, I think this might be really good, but I want to go to sleep. The most tense scene with Benedict Cumberbatch trying to get a file out of a library. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, so, I, I, that, I enjoy that, but it's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, those are the books uh, from this week. Uh, we're going to, we're, we're, we talk a lot. So we're going to move along quickly and try to do an audience question or two while we still have time. Um, Brian from Atlanta writes in, first question, uh, b- between commissions, prints, and a page or two of original comic art, I've finally run out of wall space, and the missus has put her foot down and expanding out of my office. She doesn't want to see that shit. I'd like to show – that was my word. Uh, I'd like to show the work off, but I'm out of ideas and walls. Any suggestions? Say do what Ron does. Does every, he hoard it with the dragon? No, every every convention he's got that folio of uh, like he can flip oh. through it. Like it's, it's sort of like what the artists have at their tables where you can look at their original art. He has like a like a book of that. So you could – you know, get like maybe like a lectern or something or like, you know, put it on a table, like a coffee table I've book. I've been and... to his apartment. I don't think there's a lectern. I guess no. it could have been in the other room. Um, well, he's saying he wants to show it off. So I'm saying, you yeah. know. To but... who? Do you have people coming over who appreciate that? Because I've got a lot of original art. And as yet, nobody has come over into my life and be like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, they still didn't know what it was. But that's sort of a me problem. I'll let you go, but I have, I have one more recommendation after that. Yeah. No, I want to know what your recommendation is because you actually have a lot of art. I do have a lot of art, and that is a problem I have. And so the the thing that I do, I, I still need to get a lot of stuff framed, but the rotate it, you know. Yeah, that, that's what I, that's kind of where I ended up. You know, you have some stuff up for you know a month or two, and then you know you're used to it. Take it down, put something else up. The thing is, you don't do that. That's like that's like yeah. when you rearrange music on your iPhone. Like like I've still got my playlist 2012 on there. I'm like, I really got to fix that sometime because you just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I have the same problem. Like I have some pages that I bought that are really good and I only have so much space to put them in and I don't want to buy any more of these super fancy frames because they're expensive. Yeah. You know, I have pages that I like. I have pages that have been drawn of stuff I've written, you know, that I want to put up and, and sketches and I just don't have room for all of it. So it tends to sit there. You like in a decoupage a bureau. Uh, no, don't uh, do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would involve cutting them up. Don't do that. Ceiling. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh... You I gotta, think especially for prints, it's easier to just get a book for them. Yeah. Or if there's an artist you like, buy their sketchbook. And then you get a whole bunch of sketch or you get a whole bunch of basically prints that you would buy. Right, right. And they're bound in a book that you put on your bookshelf. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds like your wife does not appreciate the same kind of stuff you do. And you're going to have to come up with a compromise because that's what marriage is. There's only so much xenoscope that a woman can stand. Yeah. <sighs> Um, I've definitely, you know, it's funny. It's like, I've got this space since I moved out of the office that I had into the sharing my office because my baby took it and I haven't, I haven't finished putting my stuff up on the walls because I couldn't decide what I wanted to. Uh, and I need to put a few more things. So I have this amazing Gabe, Gabe Hardman wedge Antilles that I, I don't have a spot for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... And I need a spot for that. And I have nice. these pages that, that are like, I've got, I've got like one spot for, for pages that have been drawn of my scripts that I, I want to have up and there's like enough of them now. Yes, I know no one's ever read any of this and I'm sorry. Uh, there's enough of them that I, I those are the ones I want to rotate. Uh, yeah. Because they're cool. Like I've got some some great stuff that way. I don't know, man. It's 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 this the challenge. Don't buy too much. <laughs> not the great not the greatest advice. <laughs> Slow it down. You want to do one more? Okay. Okay. Let's do one more. Ali, what, do you want to read it? Oh, okay. Yes, sure. Of course. I have it very handy. Two of us. (laughs) Um, I wanted. Oh, it's so it's from Will in Norwalk, California, Mm -hmm. who says, I wanted to know if any of your favorite characters had enough time from saving the world to do a podcast, what would they be and what would their subject be? Personally, I would love to hear Silver Age Arrow versus Green Lantern politics podcast. (sighs) Or J. Jonah Jameson doing a Rush Limbaugh kind of thing. For laughs, of course. I think Rush, I think J. Jonah Jameson would have like a serious Rush Limbaugh podcast. I don't think he would be doing that for laughs. I think he's like a, he's not saying that for, for his laugh. I think for his, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think he'd be like a Joe Scarborough kind of guy. 
like you know sort of very serious and wants you know the thing but but he's a little bit wacky um it's a good question i don't know that i can beat uh i, I don't know if there's anything that i i'm picturing an ollie queen hal jordan argument that like sounds old like you can hear the tape hiss and i was oh, like yeah, that, yeah. Sounds, that sounds awesome um it's like old reel-to-reel tape kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. These are not the kinds of questions that I do really well at, but I thought that I would go for one. Uh, I would like, uh, I think, a podcast uh, with uh, Clint Barton and his exes would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've. That's what I want to hear, and I want at least three of the women who he is sleeping or has slept with to discuss things with him. It's like like he does his therapy. It would basically recorded. Ex- Sorry. Yeah, like an I'd... extended version of that one issue. Yep. That's yeah. what I want. I want to hear that as he tries to figure out what's wrong and then realizes it's him. That would uh, be best. Wildcat talking about uh, doing a boxing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jennifer And it's like old, old fighters come in and talks to them. And Does he sound he's like, like really ba- Yeah, and he's like really bad at questions. Angela. <laughs> I would go with uh, Stephanie Brown and Supergirl uh, having a podcast about monster movies. Like that one one issue of Batgirl. The Draculas? Yeah, that's pretty cool. She-Hulk's legal advice? Yes. I would like like for that to be out there. I would not listen to it personally because I'd find it very boring and dry. No, but she would make it good and then people would attack. People would attack during it. I bet that like the Steve Rogers World War II Memorial Hour would be really dry. I don't know. We were just out there trying to do our jobs. Come on, Fireside Chats, Steve Rogers. Great. Um. Yeah. So there you go. Talkie Tony, Talkie Tony podcast. Talkie Tony Tiger Talk. Talkie Tony's Tiger Talk. <laughs> that I want to. <laughs> I want to hear that a lot. I want to hear like 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 the Black Adam Radio Hour. What does Talkie Tony sound like? <sighs> Tom Caters. Is his voice. I assume he's like British and a feat. Really? But I don't know why. Yeah. Like like it's uh like Sebastian like, Cabot like, or something. Well no, like the like the apes in Planet of the Apes, the first one. Dr. Zayas? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like he's got then you you would hear the, the, the teacup hitting the saucer frequently. I don't know, he seems he's refined, isn't he? Does he have like a bow tie? That's yeah. That's uh. That's our show. That's that's our winner. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. Talkie Tony Tiger Talk. Uh, if you would like to be part of these kinds of conversations <laughs> for some reason, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave a voicemail at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Make sure to tell us who you are, where you're from, and if you're calling in, keep it to less than thirty seconds. You know, forty if you need to. Uh, we're saying don't be a rambler. If you keep us interested for that long, go nuts, man. That's what I'm saying. But call in. We, we, we need some more of your voicemails. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying right now. Uh, what's coming up? Next week, very exciting Guardians of the Galaxy special edition podcast. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on it yet. <laughs> I will be. Hopefully Josh will be. I will be. I'm going I, 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 I made the point of saying, guys, when that, I want to I do that. I think Connor will be on a schooner. Uh, but we'll have, we'll have people here. We'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm so excited about this movie, guys. Getting getting you're really good advanced really, buzz. You're really setting yourself up for No, it's it's getting really great reviews. You know and Bradley Cooper is one like, of the main characters, right? Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Uh so you can head over to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show. You can talk about this week's books. Find all of our other podcasts there. As a as a as a sort of test, I played the trailer for my wife. Yeah who's even more out of it than I am uh, in terms of what's coming out. And I was like, what do you think of this? Because she's only ever seen, uh, what's his name, on Parks and Recreation. So I was like, what do, you, what do you think of this? And she was like, that looks really good. I was like, interesting. Even though there's a raccoon with Bradley Cooper's voice. Well, she's my wife, so it's not, you know, it's not like she's <laughs> not used to these kinds of things. She's, she's hardly a lay person is what I'm getting at. But, uh, <laughs> but she, was, she was, you know, this, you know, I couldn't get her to watch Captain America to save my life, but I didn't really want to. Doesn't everybody uh, know Chris Pratt from Everwood? Kind of, yeah. This is breakout role. No. No, Parks and I Rock also remember cool. him from the OC a little bit. I was an article in Esquire. Is he on the OC? Not. Yeah. It's like a, like a bit. It doesn't matter. There's an article okay. in Esquire not long ago 
and it was trying like the thesis was that Will Ferrell is not funny and that Chris Farrell is the new comedy every man or Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is okay. Yeah, and it was a dumb article, but that's what I always think of when I. <laughs> I'm really mad Will Ferrell's going to do that Manimal movie. I wanted to do Manimal or something. It was like my secret in the background kind of goal was this, like, mass my fortune and buy the rights to Manimal and do something serious with it, like audio dramas. Well, they remake things a lot. And, and, and it's not like Will Ferrell hasn't had his share of, uh, of franchise-based flops. So, you know. You could, there's a good chance. Tainting the legacy of Manimal. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the land of the lost. Legacy? Yeah. Yeah. You and a bunch of other guys who were fixated on crap from the 70s. Anyway, where do they go, Paul? Uh, you can follow the action on twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy to find out what the pick of the week is before the show. You can follow us all individually on Twitter. Josh Flanagan is J.A. Flanagan, C.S. Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, or Wonder Alley. Yeah, and if you Yay. wanted to, you could go to ifanboy.com, which would be where all this stuff is. I, I did uh, that already. Did you do that? Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you something. It's hot, and I'm tired, and I'm jet-lagged, and I'm dumb. That's, well, above all, I'm very dumb. I've been lost on trains. I've left luggage in places. You did. I got a text about it. And finally, if you dig us, you can write us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Better yet, you can tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcast. Help us spread that ifan- ifanboy love all around all around the world. So there you go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on, Allie. Was really that, hot. Was Thank that, you uh, for letting me in the treehouse. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate you bringing yourself to that. Thank you, and Allie. And always getting back up when you fall down. <laughs> Master. I'm so glad I got to hear Josh do Michael Caine live. <laughs> Done it in a while. Pretty worried. And that is it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. I am Paul. I'm Allie. 16 years old. Josh might be dead. 16 years old. Goodbye, everybody. Bloody 16 years old.